This is the Build Your Best Family podcast. Today's episode is on preparing for an empty nest with Laura Thomas. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love and become the family you were meant to be. The number of years your kids are in your home is likely to be less than the number of years they are not. Those empty nest years may seem far away, but eventually they will be just around the corner. As I prepared for this episode, I tried to avoid the cliche, the days are long, but the years are short, because I didn't want to minimize what it's like to be in the trenches with little ones. However, as a parent of teens, I can't help but say this sums up how I'm feeling right now. I find myself wondering, what will it be like when my kids aren't living at home anymore? What will I do with all of my time? And who will I hang out with when there's no more sporting events to attend? And I hate to admit this, but sometimes I wonder, will I still like my husband? Our guest, Laura Thomas, believes that it is never too early or never too late to prepare for those empty nest years. So whether you're chasing toddlers or carpooling tweens, this conversation is for you. We talked about what we needed to know about the empty nest years, how to prepare for those years in each phase of our kids' lives, and how to decide what we will fill our time with once our kids are no longer at home. Family culture still matters during those empty nest years. So, as you listen to this, think about what you want those years to look like and consider the small steps that you can take to get you there. What can you do now in your family, work, hobbies, and relationships that will set you up for success in the future? In an organization, regular team meetings are a given. They keep people informed, help them achieve goals, and ensure everyone is on the right track. Weekly family meetings do the same. Not only do they allow you to see if you're spending your time and resources in a way that lines up with your family's values, but it also helps you approach each week with purpose. To help you get started having weekly check-ins with the ones that you love, we've created a free family meeting packet. It includes sample agendas and discussion topics. Head over to www.buildyourbestfamily.com to get your copy. Today, I'm talking with Laura Thomas. Laura is a published Christian author. She writes heartwarming encouragement for your soul, especially in her romance, suspense, teen fiction, marriage, and children's book. She's a chocoholic mom of three, married to her high school sweetheart. Originally from the UK, they now live in British Columbia as audacious empty nesters. Welcome, Laura. It's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. A uh, question we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? Okay, now, I probably have been overthinking this because I actually went to my family and said, you guys, what are we known <laughs> for? And, and, and honestly, the, the first thing that my youngest said was, mom, we're known for our big heads. And I thought, hmm, that's probably an answer you haven't had. (laughs) The reason reason being, um, when he was born, um, he actually did have a big head. And so the doctors um, were a little concerned. And so they literally marched all five of us into the specialist's office. And we all sat there and had our heads literally measured with a tape measure. And then they sat us down and said, no, no, he's good. You're all big heads. So there's that. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'm sure there are other wonderful things as well. I like we're, we're very artsy family, very musical family, mm. um, and uh, very local church oriented family. But mm. we're also big heads. Yep. Okay. 
I like that. <laughs> okay, so you're here today to talk to us about the empty nest years. And so just anyone that's listening, if they have little kids and they think this conversation is not for me, it is 100% mm-hmm. for you because the number of years we spend with an empty nest is way out is way more than when we have children in our home. So I think that it's good to have that sort of mindset of the long game and what we're in for, right? Absolutely. Um, so talk to us a little, just just a little bit about the empty nest years and what do we need to know about it? Oh, so much. <laughs> big <laughs> question. <laughs> it is a big question. And you're right, especially at the beginning. I mean, empty nest years is something you, it's not even on your radar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, um, the time does fly by. I know everybody says it, but the older your kids get, the faster mm-hmm. time passes. It yeah. just does. Like, I cannot believe we had children full time in our home for 26 years and it went back in, it went by in a flash. Yeah. It, it, it really, you, you have no idea how quickly, especially it just seems to like at the end, it goes super quick. High school years. Yeah. It's like, whoo, it's, it's a flash. Yeah. So it does go very, very quickly. Um, and you need to start preparing early. Um, I know for us, probably we didn't start thinking about it until our kids hit high school. Um, but there's there's no such thing as starting preparing and planning and dreaming about it too early, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really believe that the marriage is the most important relationship in the family. And um, I'm a visual creature. So if you, I can indulge you for a minute and uh, with my little visual that, that I like to, to think of. Yeah. Um, so you've got yourself and your husband when you first get married and you're sitting on the couch together, uh, your arms are touching, you're, you're, you're one, you're, you're there together. And then the babies come and it's all wonderful. And you have a choice. You either put the baby on your lap or you put the baby between you. You shuffle mm-hmm. along a little, put the baby between you. And then more, more children come. And you have that choice. You either seat them around you and let them play at your feet, even carry them on your shoulders for some seasons. Mm-hmm. But by putting them between you and your spouse, that's, that's more than just a, a, an allegory. That kind of, that, that gaping void, mm-hmm. when those, those sweet children finally do leave your home, that void is there. And, and I, I just think um, just keeping that close, close relationship, that true relationship, mm-hmm. building on that marriage all the way through, even when it's crazy toddler years and stressful teen years, the mm-hmm. whole lot, um, you're one, right? As a married couple, you're one. And I think um, for your kids to see that oneness, that togetherness, mm-hmm. it's important for them as it is for you as well as a couple. Um, So yeah, preparing all the way through, right, right from the beginning, I would say is really, really super important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like we, on this podcast, we talk about family culture in the context of families with children at home. However, you still have a family culture when your kids are older and out of the house, you still have something that you're known for, what your values are and how you live life and how people can expect for you to show up. Um, and then depending on how actively involved you are in your grown up children's life, there's still a culture there. And so we need to be just as intentional about those years as we are in the years that the kids are in our home. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're always going to be a mother. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter um, how old your children are. You're always mom. Yeah. And it, it, it definitely shifts. The relationship shifts. And that's mm-hmm. as it should be. That's totally natural. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, you still have your mother heart and um, that yeah. relationship is still vitally important after they leave home. Mm-hmm. All right. So you said that you saw that um, you and your husband saw that the empty nest was looming large and you had the foresight to prepare for it. So talk to us about some of the ways and we're going to talk about some different stages. Um, let's start off with middle school and tell us okay. about how we can prepare when we have middle schoolers. And then we'll talk sure. about high schoolers and college students. Mm, absolutely. Um, with middle school age, I think, because it, it's still a, a fair few years away, but I think um, if you're not already doing it, just the importance of having a date night, which sounds very simplistic, and it really can be, uh, but just carving out that time for the two of you. I know it's it's that... Um, your chauffeur, your major chauffeur, cook, nurse, everything. And it's, it's busy, busy years running the children around, but carving out that uh, once a week or whenever you, you know, whether it's a lunchtime or an evening or a something mm-hmm. so that you can have that marriage time, that time to not just talk, go out for coffee and talk about the kids and, but talk about you, check mm-hmm. in on, check in on each other. Um, just so that that, that void doesn't happen in your relationship. Um, so yeah, it doesn't have to be fancy, but it can be sometimes and that's wonderful, but just really implementing a regular date night for the two of you. Mm -hmm. And as I said before, there's something great for the kids to see mom and dad like hanging out together and it's not all about them, (laughs) you know, they can still have fun without the kids. So um, I think that's, that's super important and date night is doable, right? Even if, you can't afford babysitters. Like, just do it at home. Yeah. Like, in the summer, go outside with a glass of wine on your deck or yeah. make a nice romantic dinner when the kids are in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, yeah. money doesn't have to be an excuse and time doesn't have to be an excuse. You can c- cut out the TV, cut out yeah. something yeah. and ju- just really, really um, have your hard, fast rule of date night whatever yeah. that looks like for you yeah well when they're in middle school they, sh- they should be able to watch themselves too that's yeah, it that's there great. Is that. so like you don't yeah. have that excuse as much anymore I know for us yeah. like especially in middle school when things start getting started getting very busy I mean they were mm. always busy when is it not but um we would have our kids when they would go like for example to youth group they were able to go to the same youth group all of a sudden. And so we would drop them off at youth group and then go off on date night. And we even had asked the youth leaders, we're like, okay, so our son is only like a year younger than he should be, but his two big sisters are here and like, you love him. So can you just take him to like, <laughs> my husband? And they were like, sure. That's awesome. <laughs> if it's like, if you have, you know, kids in sports practice, there's no reason why you can't drop them go spend time together and come back. Like we can definitely look for pockets of time where kids are engaged, where we can then engage with one another instead of scrambling to like do our own thing and get our own thing done. Yeah. It's always doable. There's always, if there's a will, there's a way, right? (laughs) Oh yeah, of course. Think about the things we made time for in the early, early years of our relationship that we like wouldn't let anything come in between. And then all of a sudden we have all these, dare I say, excuses and we're forgetting (laughs) to put that relationship as a priority. Yeah. Um, what about in high school? Because that's uh, we're a little bit closer to that. I have a junior, I have a freshman, and then I have a seventh grader. So as the high school years are coming, I'm sure there's different things we should be thinking about as well for that future. Yeah, like I say, it's, I think it suddenly starts to uh, dawn on you a little bit that it's it's you're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so for us, um, 
we also had friends who were just on the cusp or even there as well. So you kind of get to have a little a little peek at what's ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were quite intentional about um, finding things to do together, um, activities or, or sports or hobbies mm-hmm. or just rather than just like, well, yes, we both like coffee. We can go for coffee. Um, we, we actually were quite intentional and it can be anything. I mean, for us, um, <laughs> it was ballroom dancing. It actually was something that I'd always wanted to do, but we've never had time and stuff. Suddenly, like you say, the kids are very independent. And in fact, they don't necessarily want you hanging around with them all the time. So you do have this extra little buffer of, mm-hmm. of time on your hands. Um, and so we took up snowshoeing and um, which is like free here. And, yeah. and we, we took up ballroom dancing and um, we both started getting interested in photography just and just, you know, things like hikes, just, just doing things together and almost remembering. Um, I, I must think you have to look back to look forward and, and just reminisce a little bit about mm. who that person was you fell in love with initially and what drew you to them. And even... What did you love to do as newlyweds before the kids came along? You know, how did you have fun? Um, you know, maybe get creative on that. And other things might have come along since then. But um, just being intentional about having, I don't know if you want to call it activities or hobbies or interests. Mm-hmm. Um, also with church, you know, getting involved in ministries together. Um, we started doing some pre-marriage mentoring and stuff like that. We've always been on worship team together, so we've mm-hmm. always had music. But, yeah, just finding those things that you could do together that weren't stressful, that weren't work-related, mm-hmm. that were fun, and something that maybe you could grow into a little bit together mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um and for me, um, I'd been a stay-at-home mom um, for many years uh, since we emigrated to Canada. And um, I homeschooled my kids for 13 years. Um, but um, I actually, it was my husband who started me on my writing journey, which is a whole other <laughs> subject. Mm-hmm. But I basically had buried that writing dream for 25 years. And it was, it was on one of our coffee dates when he unearthed that dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually began then uh, to, in small little chunks of time, started on my writing. And that's how... Um, I started with that. I got eight books published now and um, Mm -hmm. I've been full-time author for for a few years. But that's suddenly, I'm thinking to myself, once um, my kids have gone, my husband has his own business. He's very busy. What what am I going to do? And it might look like, it might look like volunteering. It might look like ministry. It might look like um, having an online course and learning a, a, something totally fresh Mm -hmm. or going back to school or going into the workforce. Mm -hmm. But I think, depending on your situation, um, I didn't want to be twiddling my thumbs, for sure. (laughs) Um, And so I think for me, work-wise, I really wanted to... I I suddenly had room to follow my dreams. So Mm -hmm. that was pretty exciting as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I can see where during those years when you start to set the stage for what it's going to look like when your kids are out of the house, I think is important. So, um, like, I've started to think, too, about what happens when I'm not a mom anymore? What happens when the social life that I used to have is not there anymore? The social life that revolves around the activities that I did with the kids, you know, am I preparing, am I building up, you know, the things I love to do and also the relationships that I have, am I making them 
mine and preparing myself for when that day comes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah your, your, your friends suddenly, well, not suddenly, but yeah, kind of suddenly become yeah. even more important. I think you suddenly like, whoa, looking around thinking I, I need my people around me. Yeah. Um, yeah, because mom mode is, we can get pretty entrenched in that, right? Yeah. Which is not a bad thing at all. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when that changes so dramatically that you don't actually have children in your home anymore mm-hmm. um, all of life looks different yeah all right so what about the college years you're still sort of straddling the two worlds they're yeah. coming home they're you know maybe they're home for the summer maybe they're home for long breaks for many people they're home right now <laughs> yes <laughs> indeed <laughs> during the during the shutdown yes yeah that's um well, I, I suppose we've got t- two different scenarios. You've got the scenario when you have a college kid, uh, but they're still at home because that mm-hmm. happens a lot too. Yeah. Um, so I guess in that case, um, it's almost like a bit of a trial run. Uh, so you get to kind of allow them their independence and just like, I'm making this, you make what you like for dinner mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or dad, or you, if you, if traveling is something that you've dreamed about, um, like we love to travel. And so suddenly you're like, um, we have a house sitter and a dog sitter. <laughs> so maybe yeah. then, maybe then you can actually start doing a little bit of exploring or traveling together, mm-hmm. um, while you still got your, your college kid at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit of, um, a trial run for both of you really. And then you have the option when they've actually packed their things and gone. And I've gone through this three times and it, no. it doesn't get any easier. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to yeah. tell you it's great. <laughs> it's, it's, um, yeah, like it's totally natural. And it's, mm-hmm. there's that feeling inside of you that, uh, that, you're doing the right thing. They're doing the right thing. Um, I'm so proud of all three of them. They're following their passions. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to focus on the positive, but um, it's still hard. Like I still, mm. we've still got our youngest is, is still in um, university. So he's coming home in the summers. Uh, but when, when he goes and I go up to all three of their bedrooms, which are then very, very empty, it's still, it's still really, really hard. I'm not going to yeah. lie. <laughs> And that's okay. And I think allowing yourself um, to, to grieve, really, uh, that loss in the home. I mean, they're still your kids and you still yeah. have that relationship, but it's, it's just that big loss in, in your home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, so it's, it is hard. But again, if you've, if you've laid that groundwork leading mm-hmm. up to that, mm-hmm. then um, you, ha- you suddenly have this time Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, this time to actually pursue whether it's your work or your ministry mm-hmm. or your your adventures with your husband. Um, yeah. you, it's, you don't have any, there's no house rules anymore. It's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. Like uh, we have, <laughs> I've got a friend who she became an empty nester at the same time as me. And we were both sort of lamenting, this is going to be hard for the last one, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then she did it and she sort of phoned me and said, it's okay, right? I'm like, yeah, it's actually pretty good, right? It's, just, <laughs> so it's definitely some fun aspects to it, you know. Yeah. Um, it is. It's like going back to those days at the beginning again, and you've almost mm. forgotten what that feels like. Yeah. But if you haven't worked on on that marriage, on that relationship through those years, and suddenly, I mean, 
it's, it's devastating the number of couples who have just stayed together for the kids. Mm. They've had that kid in the, on the couch. They've had the, those kids between them all those yeah. years, kind of yeah. holding them together. And the kid goes and then they, they end up, you know, separating, divorcing, whatever. Um, uh, that's heartbreaking to me to see mm-hmm. they put all those years together and but haven't worked on it. And mm-hmm. then it's like, because an, an empty nest, an empty house is big. It suddenly have a lot of space. Mm-hmm. And it's just the two of you. Yeah. <laughs> so if, so um, working on that relationship, I can't stress how important that is. Um, I mean, not that it's too late if you suddenly get there and you're like, whoa, who are you? <laughs> I mean, uh, but I think then you have to be super intentional about, um, you know, so, so that you're not on two parallel lines doing your own little life thing with your own separate friend groups and your work groups. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there is a natural phasing away of, yeah. you know, your children in terms of, like, I'm already thinking about, um, like next year when I'll have my kids all in the same sport during the same season, which means instead of me picking them up at three, they're not going to be coming home at six. So now all of a sudden my day that seemed like never enough time is going to feel really long. You know yeah. what I mean? So like yeah. there's a, the, there's a weaning. There is like, as the kids get older, I do feel that there's a weaning away. And I think that if we can be really, if we can pay attention and look for, um, the changes that we're seeing in our relationships and in our family, we can really use them as an opportunity to grow and prepare us. Absolutely. And uh, with most families, it's, it is a gradual process too, right? Like for us, um, my eldest left in 2010 and the youngest left in 2018. So Mm -hmm. we had, um, like the, the slow band-aid mm. pull. <laughs> so, I mean, every time a child leaves, it, it the, everything shifts in the home. Yeah. Um, and so there's always that adjustment. Um, but, I mean, for some who only have one child or who suddenly all their kids, for, for, for whatever reason, yeah. leave at the same time. That's, or, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the rip, right? Yeah. So that's that's going to be a bit more of a, of a, of a whiplash experience. Yeah. Um, but for most most of us, it is a little bit more gradual, um, yeah. and so we we do have we do have that as well to, to help uh-huh. us, I guess. Uh-huh. And we don't we're not alone. We have people around us who are all going through the same thing too, right? Yeah. So, it's not like we're the only people who've ever done this. Yeah. So now, um, how have you had any conversations with your kids about being an empty nester? Meaning, like, like is is there dialogue about like their life changing and your life changing? Or are you experience? Are you like preparing them? I mean, we started last night just randomly having a conversation with our kids about um, like parents involvement in your marriage would come we had a marriage connect group and we started talking about it and they were like what are you talking about I'm like well you know when you're an adult it's not our place to tell you how to live your life it's up to you you can come to us for advice so we're starting to talk to them about Mm. like what our lives are going to look like in a handful of years and how our roles are going to change so was there any any conversations with your kids that sort of prepared them for your empty nest (laughs) Uh, I, I don't I don't know if with the first I think it's the same with the poor first child right yeah. with everything <laughs> you sort of don't really know what you're doing yeah. so you kind of learn a lot with the first child uh, so bless her heart she went to the other side of the country um, and it was it was just a, a, a shocking experience we, we didn't know what to expect we really mm-hmm. didn't um, so I think there's been lots of conversations since then I mean even the little things like when the her when 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 my daughter and my youngest, when they would come home during the summer, um, just 
even coming from their bedroom was a really big thing because they'd been in, in res or in their little room, mm-hmm. you know, for eight months or whatever. And then all of a sudden they come home and it was, I can remember thinking, does she not want to be home? But we talked about it and she was like, I'm just used to being in a really small area. And so yeah. even just like the little logistical things yeah. of adjusting and, um, and then our daughter got married uh, six years ago and, um, that's been fantastic. I mean, she, she got married at the other side of the country as well. So we, we had that, but you know, always, she's always known that we are here for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be the same when my boys get married as well. You know, I think it's something, um, yeah, we, I actually wrote a marriage book for newlyweds, um, mm-hmm. and, and for brides to be. And so they've all read that actually, for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I explained quite a lot in there about the importance of them setting up their own boundaries yeah. and their own traditions and their, you know, what to take from their, their family and what yeah. to start, start fresh with. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, always, always open door policy with us. They can always come to yeah. us for anything. Um, and I, I think, yeah, like I said, the, the relationship definitely pivots a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I never wanted to be, a mother who was smothering for my kids when they went, I really wanted to just like launch them, my mm-hmm. husband and I, rather than like them having to be like clawing their way out through the door yeah. <laughs> to be able yeah. to launch them um, with, with, with joy and with, you know, expectancy, knowing that they were doing the right thing and they were going to do great things. So yeah. Um, yeah, just letting them know that you're on their side and that you're there for the yeah. for the rest of their lives you know yeah. like I, I think said, that's mother- great yeah mothering is it's, it's forever and that's yeah. a good thing a really yeah. good thing yeah I think it's been helpful for us to have conversations at every stage with our kids to be like okay things are changing now like to acknowledge that mm-hmm. change even when our kids became teenagers I've let them know like my role is changing I'm going to tell you what I think think you should do and give you suggestions, but like my role in your life is going to change. I can't force you to take your purse so that you don't have to carry your phone. Like I'm going to suggest it. Like <laughs> now you're making your own choices, right? So as our roles yeah. have changed, I've tried to be aware of it and then let them know that I, I see that because I think that goes a long way to let them know that I don't think things are going to stay the same forever. I think that gives them more confidence and I think that just helps the relationship. Absolutely. And I, I think um, it's good when the, when the kids do come home then and they see mom and dad are okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not withering away. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, I think before I looked too much at empty nesting, I mm. kind of always thought it was a little bit of a sad title. You know, mm. I'm, I'm an empty nester. It was it just like, it was sad yeah. and heavy. Um, that's why on my, on my bio I call myself I call us audacious empty nesters not because we're yeah. like rec- reckless and crazy but because we're like <laughs> we're still alive <laughs> we could be if we wanted to yes. <laughs> and and yeah we've still got a lot of life to live and we're enjoying yeah. it and um so I, I I think when the kids see that um we're not sort of pining and and you know sorrowful yeah. we love we treasure the times we have together so so yeah. much yeah but then we're okay we're all right mom and dad mm-hmm. are okay they actually love each other and they're having a good time yeah they're missing us and that's good but they're okay <laughs> they're, yeah. they're thriving they're thriving <laughs> yeah 
All right. So one more question for you. So how do we decide to fill the empty nest years? You did talk about starting to discover things about ourselves, but what, what can we do? How do we, how do we fill those years up so that they're not empty? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we're, we're still pretty much uh, newbies at it. Um, and like I said, I think um, the whole prep and the planning and the dreaming uh, mm. beforehand as well. Um, I think as well, deciding what you don't want it to like is actually quite important. Mm. Um, for yeah. us, we we were like, we, we don't want to fill our time with um, leisure. 24 seven. We don't want that to be our empty nest years. Mm -hmm. We, we, we don't want to um, live selfishly. Mm -hmm. We, we, we don't want to um, separate ourselves from our kids. You know, we, we, we knew what we didn't want it to yeah. look like. Which is great. Um, yeah. Which I think is important, you know, because yeah. so you just, so you don't <laughs> slip into any of that. We also don't want to be consumed by our work. Um, and that that's a tricky one because um, I know when we were as soon as we became empty nesters I actually had some um, book deadlines and my husband's business was crazy busy and honestly those first few months it felt like we barely even looked at like we had to be super intentional about hey we're empty nesters we can go out tonight but it was um, it was like well work can really encroach because you haven't got to stop at six o'clock anymore to feed yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't we know we don't want that to happen and that can, mm -hmm. that's a, that's one that can happen very easily so then you do the flip and you're like well what what do we want um and I think we both enjoy our work and we both want to do that uh as long as it's fulfilling and um not taking over our lives but um it's benefiting our family ourselves and others mm -hmm. um we both do want to be involved in ministry together. That's something we've always done. And mm -hmm. um, we really, really enjoy that. So that's a big part of it. We want to travel. We want to do fun stuff too. Um, so we definitely have dreams of, of different traveling things. Um, we want to be very involved in our kids' life, but only when on their terms, you know? <laughs> so yeah. as soon as they say, hey, mom, dad, want to come down this weekend? We're there. We're going to be yeah. there. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> So we want that flexibility to be able to do that. Good. We want to be part of our local church. We we want yeah. to um, we want our home to be not be empty. You know, we don't want it to be an empty barren mm -hmm. ne nest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, I want to fill it with um, with with friends, with strangers, with with food, um, with love. Um, mm -hmm. I want people to know that it's a safe place um, and. Yeah, basically, I, I think the main thing for us is um, we don't want to, to be empty nesters. We want to be full, mm -hmm. you know, we, we yeah. really do. And, and in that, as, as, as Christians, to be, to be full um, of the love of Christ. And I think that will, that will flow through every other aspect of our lives yeah. as well in that. Um, so, yeah, I think the fullness of Christ just, you know, Focusing on that and not focusing on the empty so much yes. is, is really helpful for us yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah. I like the suggestion that you gave about figuring out, like talking about what you don't want it to be. Cause mm. I do like, we've a lot of the work that we do with coaching people and figuring out our values and our passions. Sometimes it's hard to come up with 
the things we love, but it's really easy to start with the things that we don't love or that don't like do it for us. And I could probably tell you what I don't want those years to be like a lot easier than what I do. But then if we figure the one out, you can start to work backwards, start to explore, start to discover. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so that is a great place to start. And sometimes it is literally by just looking, looking around and going, that's not what I want. And yeah. over there, that is what I want, you know? Yeah, yeah for <laughs> yeah. sure. And it'll probably take some time to figure out. I know I started taking a Sabbath a few years back and I was like, oh, I just want to do nothing. I'm going to just read a book. And then like, I, I did it and I was like, I'm an extrovert. I need to have lunch with some. <laughs> Like, I need to go to the store and just take my time and talk to everybody that I see. Like I could even just go to Starbucks and just talk to the, you know, cause at any given time, I'll at least see two or three or four people I know come in to get their coffee. And so I'll just, like, I'm like, I can't, what I, what, what I thought it was supposed to look like I didn't enjoy. Mm. And so really discovering and trying new things and taking the time to figure out what that looks like. This is probably just this, you know, this is empty nest is a larger scale of that. What is it that you want to be using your time for and how do you want to use it with intention? Absolutely. And not put in pressure on yourselves as well. Right. You know, like, you know, dreaming is supposed to be fun (laughs) and uh, not, not, I think having a lot of grace with each other as well, because you, this is new, this is in your whole new stage of life. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a fun stage though. I'm, I'm here, I'm here for it. (laughs) Oh, good. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with here, here with us today. Um, I know that having kids, older kids, I found this super helpful and I hope our listeners will as well. Oh, I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You can find Laura at laurathomasauthor.com. She's on Instagram as at Laura C. Thomas and her Facebook page is Laura Thomas Author. I'll link to all of this, plus a handful of other places that you can find her in the show notes. If you would like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find us over on Instagram. It's our favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong too. Plus, we share the family hacks that have helped us build culture along the way. You can find me at Carl Amici. And you can find me at Kimberly Amici. Don't let the pretty pictures fool you. Our family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. To learn more about Build Your Best Family, go to buildyourbestfamily.com.